Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is brought to you by Patreon listeners like you. Chatting with Sherry is brought to you by Patreon listeners like <laughs> Sorry, technical glitch. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. And welcome to Sherry's Playhouse production of Hamlet. This is a production of Chatting with Sherry, as the tape just said. Um, this evening's information and entertainment is brought to you by the players of uh, Sherry's Playhouse. It was written and directed by Anne Louise Fortune, edited by Everett Roberts. Uh, special effects was done by Nicholas Stavich, and it was produced by Sherry Rabinowitz. Here is Hamlet. Elsinore Castle, Denmark. Old King Hamlet has died before his time. His brother Claudius has seized power and married Gertrude, Old Hamlet's widow. Old Hamlet's son, named for his father, has returned from study at Wittenberg to mourn his father. His best friend, Horatio, witnesses the decline and fall of this noble family. Tonight, Cherie's Playhouse presents an abridged version of Shakespeare's epic classic of grief, loss and revenge, Hamlet. Let me speak to the yet unknowing world of how these things came about. So shall you hear of carnal, bloody and unnatural acts of accidental judgment, casual slaughters, of deaths put on by cunning and forced cause. And in this upshot, purposes mistook, fallen on the inventor's heads. All this can I truly deliver. On the battlements of the castle, Horatio meets with Marcellus and Bernardo, two long-serving members of the castle guard who have seen something they cannot be sure is real. What? Has this thing appeared again tonight? I have seen nothing. Horatio says it's but a fantasy. I will not let police take hold of him, touching this dreaded sight twice seen of us. Therefore, I have entreated him along with us to watch the minutes of this night, that, if again the separation comes, we may prove our eyes and speak to it. Looks it not like the king? Mark it, Horatio. Most like. It harrows me with fear and wonder. It would be spoke to. Speak to it, Horatio. What art thou that usurpest this time of night, together with that fair and warlike form in which the majesty of buried Denmark did sometimes march? By heaven I charge thee, speak!
Jesus has bent it. See, it's stocked away. Stay. Speak. Speak. I charge thee, speak. Tis gone and will not answer. Thus twice before and jump at this dead hour. With Marshal Stock hath he gone by our watch. I think it be no other, but even so. Well, may it thought that this portentous figure comes on through our watch, so like the king that was, and is the question of these wars. Let us impart what we have seen tonight unto young Hamlet. For, upon my life, this spirit, dumb to us, will speak to him. It is not just the ruling family who reside at Elsinore. The staff and advisors have their own quarters in the castle. The most trusted advisor to both old King Hamlet and now new King Claudius is Polonius, father to Laertes and Ophelia. Ophelia is also Hamlet's lover. Here, in their family rooms, Laertes and Ophelia discuss his plans to leave Elsinore and Laertes cautions Ophelia to be wary of Hamlet's motivations. My necessaries are embarked. Farewell. And sister, as the winds give benefit and convoy his assistance, do not sleep, but let me hear from you. Do you doubt that? As for Hamlet, and the trifling of his favour, a violet in the youth of primary nature, forward, not permanent, sweet, not lasting, the perfume and the suppliance of a minute no more. Perhaps he loves you now. And now, no soil, no cortel, does besmirch. The virtue of his will, that you must fear, his greatness wait. His will is not his own, for he himself is subject to his birth. He may not, as unvalued persons do, carve for himself. For on his choice depends the safety and health of the whole state. Then, if he says he loves you, it fits your wisdom so far to believe it, and he is in this particular act and place, may give his say indeed. Then weigh what loss your honour may sustain, if your chaste treasure open to his unmastered importunity. Fear it, Ophelia, fear it, my dear sister, and keep you in the rear of your affection, out of the shot and danger of desire. Be wary, then. Best safety lies in fear. Youth to itself rebels though nothing else near. I shall the effect of this good lesson keep as watchman to my heart. Here, our, our father comes. Remember well what I said to you. Yet here, Laertes, aboard, aboard for shame. The wind sits in the shoulder of your sail, and you are stayed for. There my blessings with thee, and these few precepts in thy memory look thou character. Give thy thoughts no tongue, nor any unproportioned thought his act. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Give every man thy ear, but feel thy voice. Take each man's censure, but reserve thy judgment. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, for known oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulleth edge of husbandry. This, above all, to thine own self be true, 
and it must follow as night the day thou canst not then be false to any man and what is it ophelia that laertes hath said to you so please you something touching the lord hamlet hmm, very well methought tis told me he hath very oft of late given private time to you and you yourself what is between you give me up the truth he hath my lord of late made many tenders of his affection to me do you believe his tenders as you call them i do not know my lord what i should think my lord he hath importuned me with love and honourable fashion and hath given countenance to his speech my lord and almost all the holy vows of heaven why i do know when the blood burns how prodigal the soul lends the tongue vows from this time be something scanter of your maiden presence for lord hamlet may with a larger tether walk than may be given you in few ophelia do not believe his vows for they are brokers not of the dye which their investments show but mere implorations of unholy suits breathing like sanctified and pious boards the better to beguile this is for all i would not in plain terms from this time forth have you so slander any moment leisure as to give words or talk with the lord hamlet look to it i charge you come your ways I shall obey, my lord. In a side room of the castle, a concerned Horatio meets with Hamlet. Hail your lordship. Horatio! The same, my lord, and your poor servant ever. I am very glad to see you, but what if faith make you from Wittenberg? A truant disposition, and, my lord, I came to see your father's funeral. I pretty do not mock me, fellow student. I think it was to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord, it followed hard upon. Thrift, thrift, Horatio. The funeral baked meats did coldly furnish forth the marriage tables. My father. Methinks I see my father. Where, my lord? In my mind's eye, Horatio. I saw him once. He was a goodly king. My lord, I think I saw him yesternight. So? Who? My lord, the king, your father. The king, my father? Season your admiration for a while with an attent here, till I may deliver this marvel to you. For God's love, let me hear. Two nights together had Marcellus and Bernardo, on their watch in the dead waste and middle of the night, been nothing counted. A, a figure like your father this to me in dreadful secrecy in part they did and i with them the third night kept the watch where the apparition comes but where was this my lord upon the platform where they watch did you speak to it my lord i did but answer made it none and vanished from our sight Tis very strange i would i had been there it would have much amazed you very like, very like. Stated long? Not when I sought. I will watch tonight. Perchance we'll walk again. I warrant it will. Upon the platform, twixt eleven and twelve, I'll visit you. Farewell. My father's spirit. 
in arms? All is not well. I doubt some foul play. Or the night were come. Till then, sit still, my soul. Foul deeds will rise, though all the earth are them to men's eyes. As agreed, Horatio and Hamlet meet on the castle battlement that night. What hour now? I think it lacks of twelve. Spirit of hell for goblin damned. Bring with the airs of heaven, oh, blast from hell. Be thy intense, wicked or charitable, thou comes in such a questionable shape that I will speak to thee. I'll call thee Hamlet. King. Father. Royal Dane. Oh, answer me. Say, what is this? Wherefore? What should we do? It beckons you to go away with it, as if some impartment did desire to you alone. It will not speak. Then I will follow it. Do not, my lord. Why? What should be the fear? For my soul, what can it do to that? <laughs> Being a thing immortal as itself. It leads me forth again. Whither wilt thou lead me? Speak, I'll go no further. Mark me. I will. My hour is almost come, when I, to superiors and tormenting flames, must render up myself. Speak, I am bound to hear. So art thou to revenge, when thou shalt hear. What? Thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, and for the day confined to fast and fires, till the foul crimes done in my days of nature are burnt and purged away. If thou didst ever thy dear father love, revenge his foul and most unnatural murder. Murder most foul, as in the best it is, but this most foul, strange, and unnatural. Haste me to know it that I, with wings as swift as meditation or thoughts of love, may sweep to my revenge. Now, Hamlet, here, yeah. given out that sleeping in my orchard has serpents stung me. But know, thou noble youth, the serpent that did sting thy father's life now wears his crown. Oh, my prophetic soul, my uncle. Why, that incestuous, that adulterate beast, one to his shameful lust, the will of my most seemingly virtuous queen. It's soft. 
thinks I said the morning air. Breathed that nippy. Sleeping within my orchard, my custom always of the afternoon. On my secure hour, thy uncle stole with the juice of cursed Havonia in a vial, and in the porches of my ears did pour that nephorous distillment. Thus was I sleeping by a brother's hand of life, a crown, a queen, at once snatched. If thou hast nature in thee, bear it not. Let not the royal bed of Denmark be the couch of for luxury and damned incest. Howsoever thou pursuest this act, taint not thy mind, nor let thy soul contrive against thy mother heart. Leave her to heaven and to those thorns that in her bosom lodge to prick and sting her. Adieu, adieu, remember me. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. You'll be secret. Aye, by heaven, my lord. Give me one poor request. Never make known what you have seen tonight. My lord, I will not. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. But come, the time is out of joint. Oh, cursed spite that ever I was born to set it right. Nay, come, let's go together. Father's leave? 
What says Polonius? Uh, he hath, my lord. Uh, I do beseech you. Give him leave to go. Take thy fair hour, Laertes. Time be thine. But now, my cousin Hamlet and my son. A little more than kin, and less than kind. How is it that the clouds still hang on you? Not so, my lord. I'm too much in the sun. Good Hamlet, cast thy knighted colour off, and let thine eye look like a friend on Denmark. Do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou knowst is common. All that lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. Aye, madam, it is common. If it be, why seems it so particular with thee? Seems, madam? Nay, it is. I know not seems. Tis not alone my inky cloak, good mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspirations of breath, together with all forms, moods, shapes of grief that can denote me truly. These indeed seem. For they are actions that a man might play. But I have that within me which passes show. These but the trappings and the suits of woe. Tis sweet and commemorable in your nature, Hamlet, to give these morning duties to your father. But you must know that your father lost a father, that father lost, uh, lost his, and the survivor bound in filial obligation for some term to do obsequious sorrow. Preserve in absent condolment is a course of impious stubbornness. Tis unmanly grief. We pray you throw to earth this unprevailing woe and think of us as of a father. Or let the world take note. You are the most immediate to our throne and with no less nobility of love than that which dearest father bears his son, do I impart her toward you. Your intent in going back to school in Wittenberg is most retrograde to our desire, and we beseech you, bend you to remain. Let not thy mother lose her prayers, Hamlet. I pray thee stay with us. Go not to Wittenberg. I shall in all my best obey you, madam. Why, tis a loving and fair reply. Be as ourself in Denmark. Madam, come. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt and resolve itself into a dew. Oh, that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon gainst self-slaughter. Oh, God, God, how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. Fiant, fie, tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. It should come to this, but two months dead. Nay, not so much. Not two. 
so excellent a king that was to this Hyperion to a satire, so loving to my mother that he might not between the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth must I remember why she would hang on him as if increase of appetite had grown but what it fed on. And yet, within a month, oh, let me not think on it. Frailty, thy name is woman. A little month, or ere those shoes were old, with which she followed my poor dead father's body, like Niobe, all tears, why she, even she, oh God, a beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer, married my uncle, my father's brother, but no more like my father than I to Hercules. Within a month, ere yet the salt of most unrighteous tears had left the flushing of her gallant eyes, she married. Oh, most wicked speed, to post with such dexterity to incest your sheets. It is not, nor it cannot come to good. But break my heart, for I must hold my tongue. Several days have passed since Ophelia was told to avoid Hamlet. After a strange encounter with him, Ophelia seeks advice from her father. How now, Ophelia? What's the matter? Oh, my lord, my lord, I've been so affrighted. With what in the name of God? My lord, as I was sewing in my closet, Lord Hamlet, with his doublet all embraced, and with a look so piteous and perfect, as if he had been loosened out of hell, to speak of horrors, he comes before me. Mad for thy love? My lord, I do not know, but truly I do fear it. What said he? He took me by the wrist and held me hard. Then goes he to the length of all his arm, and with his other hand he falls to such perusal of my face as I would draw it. Long stayed he so. At last, a little shaking of mine arm, and thrice his head, thus waving up and down, he raised a sigh so piteous and profound, as it did seem to shatter all of his bulk and end his being. That done, he lets me go. Come, go with me. I will go seek the king. This is the very ecstasy of love, whose violent property fordoes itself and leaves the will to desperate undertakings as oft as any passion under heaven that does afflict our natures. I am sorry. Have you given him any hard words of late? No, my good lord. But you did command. I did repel his letters and deny his access to me. Yes, that have made him mad. I shall go to the king. This must be known, which, being kept close, might move. More grief to hide than hate to utter love. Following the conversation with Ophelia, Polonius goes to speak with Claudius and Gertrude. My lord, I found the very cause of Hamlet's lunacy. Oh, speak of that. Uh, that do I long to hear. I doubt it is no other but the main, his father's death and our own hasty marriage. Well, we shall sift him. 
my liege and madame, uh, to expostulate on what majesty should be, what duty is, why day is day, night, night, and time is time, were nothing but to waste night, day, and time. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit, and tediousness the limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. Your noble son is mad. My daughter, in her duty and obedience, Mark, hath given this to me. Now gather and surmise. <clears throat> to thee, celestial, and my soul's idol, the most beautified Ophelia, in her excellent white bosom, these, uh, etc. Came this from Hamlet to her? Good madam, stay a while, I will be faithful. <clears throat> Doubt thou the stars are fire, Doubt that the sun doth move, Doubt truth be a liar, But never doubt I love, O dear Ophelia, I am ill at these numbers, I have not art to reckon my groans, But that I love thee best, O most best, believe it. Adieu, thine evermore most dear lady, Whilst this machine is to him, Hamlet. But how hath she received his love? Well, what, what do you think of me? As of a man faithful and honourable. I would fain prove so, but what might you think when I had seen this hot love on the wing? I prescripts gave her, that she should lock herself from his resort, admit no messengers, receive no tokens. Which done, she took the fruits of my advice, and, uh, and he repelled a short tale to make, fell into the madness wherein now he raves. Gertrude, do you think this tis this? It may be, very like. Welcome, dear Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Moreover, that we much did long to see you. The need we have to use you did provoke our hasty sending. Uh, something have you heard of Hamlet's transformation? What it should be? More than his father's death, it thus hath put him so much from the understanding of himself I cannot dream of. I entreat you both together uh, so much as from occasion you may glean. Whether aught to us unknown afflicts him thus, that opened lies within our remedy. Good gentlemen, he hath talked much of you. Your visitation shall receive such thanks as fits a king's remembrance. Both your majesty's might, but the sovereign power you have of us, put your dread pleasures more into command than to entreaty. But we both obey, and here give up ourselves in the full bent to lay our service freely at your feet to be commanded. Thanks, Guildenstern and gentle Rosencrantz, and I beseech you instantly to visit my too much changed son. How may we try it further? You know, sometimes he walks four hours together here in the lobby. So he does, indeed. At such a time I'll loose my daughter to him and mark the encounter. If he love her not, then be not for his reason fallen thereon. Let me be no assistant for a state. 
but keep a farm and carters. We will try it. But look where sadly the poor wretch comes reading. Away, I do beseech you both. Away. How goes it, my lord Hamlet? Well. Do you know me, my lord? Excellent, well. You are a fishmonger. <laughs> Not I, my lord. And then I would you were so honest a man. Honest, my lord? Aye, sir, to be honest, as this world goes, is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. Well, that's very true, my lord. For if the sun breed maggots in a dead dog, being a god-kissing carrion, have you a daughter? I have, my lord. Let her not walk in the sun. Conception is a blessing. But as your daughter may conceive, friend, look to... How say you by that? He knew me not at first. Fishmonger? He is far gone, far gone. Now speak to him again. <clears throat> what do you read, my lord? Words. Words, words. What is the matter, my lord? Between who? I mean the matter that you read, my lord. Slander, sir. For the satirical rogue says here that old men have grey beards, that their faces are wrinkled, their eyes purging thick amber and plum-tree gum, and that they have a plentiful lack of wit, altogether oh, with most weak hands. Oh, which, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe, yet I hold it not honestly to have it thus set down. For yourself, shall grow old as I am, if, like a crab, you can go backwards. But will this be madness? Yet there is method in it. How pregnant sometimes his replies are. I will leave him and suddenly contrive the means of meeting between him and my daughter. <clears throat> my honourable lord, I will most humbly take my leave of you. Fare you well, my lord. Tedious old fool. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, my excellent good friends. How do you both? As the indifferent children of the earth. Happy in that we are not over-happy. On fortune's cap, we are not the very button. <laughs> Nor the sole of her shoe? Neither, my lord. Then you live about her waist, or in the middle of her favours? Fave? Her private sweet. <laughs> In the secret part of fortune, almost true, she is a strumpet. What news? None, my lord, but has the world grown honest? Then is doomsday near. But what have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord? Denmark's a prison. Then is the world one. A goodly one, in which there are many confines, wards, and dungeons. Denmark being one of the worst. We think not so, my lord. Why, then, it is not to you. To me it is a prison. Why, then your religion makes it on. Tis too narrow for your mind. I have bad dreams. Which dreams indeed are ambition? The dream itself is but a shadow. Truly. What make you to us now? To visit you, my lord. No other occasion. Were you sent for? 
Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, come, deal justly with me. What should we say, my lord? Why, anything but to the purpose. You were sent for. And there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to color. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. To what end, my lord? That you must teach me. But be even and direct with me whether you were sent for or no. My lord, we were sent for. I will tell you why. So shall my anticipation prevent your discovery and your secrecy to the king and queen molt no further. I have, of late, lost all my mirth. And indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. What a piece of work is man. What is this quintessence of dust? Man delights me not. No, nor woman neither. Though by your smiling you seem to say so. My lord, there was no such stuff in my thoughts. Why did you laugh then when I said, man delights me not? To think, my lord, if you delight not in man, what Lenten entertainment the players shall receive from you. Here are they coming to offer you service. Gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore, but my uncle, father, and aunt mother are deceived. In what, my dear lord? I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. Will you see the play as well bestowed? My lord, I will. We'll hear a play tomorrow. Can they play the murder of Gonzago? Aye, my lord. Very well, my good friends. I'll leave you till night. am I? Am I a coward? Who calls me villain? Breaks my pate across, plucks my beard and blows it in my face, tweaks me by the nose, gives me the line the throat as deep as the lungs. Who does this to me? Bloody, baldy villain! Remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain! Oh, I, this is most brave, that I, the son of a dear father murdered, prompted to my revenge by heaven and hell, must, like a whore, unpack his heart with words. Hmm. I have heard that guilty creatures sitting at a play have, by the very cunning of the scene, been struck so to the soul that presently they have proclaimed their malefactions. For murder, though it have no tongue, will speak with miraculous organ. I'll have these players play something like the murder of my father before my uncle. I'll observe his looks. If he do blench, I know my course. The play's the thing wherein I'll catch the codgers of the king. Claudius, Gertrude, and Polonius meet in secret with Ophelia, 
Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to discuss their concerns regarding Hamlet's erratic behaviour and his state of mind. And can you, by no drift of conference, get from him why he puts on this confusion, grating so harshly all his days of quiet with turbulent and dangerous lunacy? He does confess he feels himself distracted, but from what cause he will by no means speak. Did he receive you? Most like a gentleman. Did you assay him to any pastime? Certainly, as I hear about the court, and they already have order this night to play before him. We have closely sent for Hamlet hither, that he, as twere by accident, may hear affront Ophelia. Her father and myself, lawful spirits, will do so bestow ourselves that, seeing unseen, we may of their encounter frankly judge, and gather by him, as he is behaved, if be the affection of his love, or know that thus he suffers for. Good gentlemen, sweet Gertrude, leave us. For your part, Ophelia, I do wish that your good beauties be the happy cause of Hamlet's wildness. Madame, I wish it may. Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, with me. We shall remove ourselves from this conference. Ophelia, walk you here, gracious, so please you. We will bestow ourselves. Read on this book, Ophelia, that show of such an exercise may colour your loneliness. I hear him coming. Let's withdraw, my lord. Soft ye now, the fair Ophelia. Nymph, in thy orisons be all my sins remembered. Good, my lord. How does your honour for this many a day? I humbly thank you. Well, well, well. My lord, I have remembrances of yours that I have longed long to re-deliver. I pray you now receive them. No, not I. I never gave you aught. My honoured lord, you know right well you did. And with them, words of so sweet breath composed as made the things more rich. <laughs> are you honest? My lord. Are you fair? What means your lordship? That if you be honest and fair, your honesty should admit no discourse to your beauty. Could beauty, my lord, have better commerce than with honesty? Aye, truly. I did love you once. Indeed, my lord, you made me believe so. You should not have believed me. For virtue cannot so inoculate our old stock, but we shall relish of it. I loved you not. I was the more deceived. Get thee to a nunnery. Why wouldst thou be a breeder of sinners? I am myself indifferent, honest, but yet I could accuse me of such things that it were better my mother had not borne me. I am proud, revengeful, ambitious, with more offences at my beck than I have thoughts to put them in imagination, to give them shape or time to act them in. What should such fellows as I do crawling between heaven and earth? We are her knaves all. Believe none of us. Go thy ways to a nunnery. Where's your father? Oh, um, at home, my lord. Let the doors be shut upon him, that he may play the fool nowhere but in his own house. Farewell, 
Oh, help him, you sweet heavens. If thou dost marry, I'll give thee this plague for thy dowry. Be thou as chaste as ice, as pure as snow, thou shalt not escape calumny. Get thee to a nunnery. Go, farewell. Or, if thou wilt needs marry, marry a fool. For wise men know well enough what monsters you make of them. I say we'll have no more marriage. Those that are married already, all but one, shall live. The rest shall keep as they are. To a nunnery go. Oh, what a noble mind is here our throne. A courtiers, soldiers, scholars, eye, tongue, sword, the expectancy and the rose of the fair state, and the glass of fashion and the mod of form, the observant of all observers, quite, quite down, and I, of ladies most deject and wretched that suck the honey of his music vows, now see that noble and most sovereign reason like sweet bells jangled, out of tune and harsh, that unmatched form and feature of lone youth, blasted with ecstasy. Oh, woe is me to have seen what I have seen. See what I see. Love, his affections do not that way tend, nor what he spake, though it lacked the form a little. Was not like madness. Uh, I have in quick determination thus set it down. Ye shall with speed to England for the demand of our neglected tribute. What think you of that? It shall do well. How now, Ophelia? You need not tell us what the Lord Hamlet said. We heard it all. My lord... After the play, let his queen mother all alone entreat him to show his grief. Let her be round with him, and I'll be placed, so please you, in the ear of all their conference. It shall be so. Madness in great ones must not unwatched go. Following his encounter with Ophelia, Hamlet meets with Horatio. Hamlet confides that he has altered the play in an attempt to discover whether Claudius is guilty of old Hamlet's murder or whether the ghost is a mischievous spirit. Then the other members of the royal family and the court arrive to watch the play. What ho, Horatio? Here, sweet lord, at your service. There is a play tonight before the king. Some scenes of it come near the circumstance which I have told thee of my father's death. I prithee, when thou seest the act of foot, even with the very comment of thy soul, observe my uncle. If his occulted guilt do not itself unkennel in one speech, it is a damned ghost that we have seen. I, mine eyes, will rivet to his face. And they are coming to the play. I must be idle. Get you a place. <laughs> Come hither, my dear Hamlet, sit by me. No, good mother, here's metal more attractive. Lady Ophelia, shall I lie in your lap? No, my lord. I mean my head upon your lap. I, my lord. <laughs> Do you think I meant country matters? I think nothing, my lord. 
That's a fair thought, to lie between maids' legs. What is, my lord? Nothing. You are merry, my lord. I? I, my lord. What should a man do but be merry? For look you how cheerfully my mother looks, and my father died within these two hours. Nay, tis twice two months, my lord. So long? Nay, then, let the devil wear black, for I'll have a suit of sables. Oh, heavens! Die two months ago, and not forgotten yet? Oh, then there's hope a man's great memory may outlive his life half a year? Horatio, please relate the scene the players present. My lord, enter a king and queen very lovingly, the queen embracing him and he her. She kneels and makes show of protestation unto him. He takes her up and declines his head upon her neck, lays him down upon a bank of flowers. She, seeing him asleep, leaves him. Anon comes in a fellow, takes off his crown, kisses it, and pours poison in the king's ear, and exit. The queen returns, finds the king dead, and makes passionate action. The poisoner comes in again, seeming to lament with her. The dead body is carried away. The poisoner woos the queen with gifts. She seems loath and unwilling a while but in the end accepts his love. What means this, my lord Hamlet? Marry, it means mischief. Tis brief, my lord. As woman's love. Mother, how like you the play? The lady doth protest too much, methinks. Oh, but she'll keep her word. What do you call the play? The mousetrap. This play is the image of a murder done in Vienna. Gonzago is the duke's name, his wife Baptista. Is a knavish piece of work. You see how the murderer gets love of Gonzaga's wife? Oh, the king rises. Give me some light. Lights, lights, lights. Oh, good Horatio, I'll take the ghost's word for a thousand pounds. Did perceive? Very well, my lord. Upon the talk of the poisoning? I did very well note him. Good, my lord, the queen, your mother, in most great affliction of spirit, hath sent me to you. In path, Guildenstern and Rosencrantz. She desires to speak with you in, your, in her closet ere you go to bed. We shall obey, were she ten times our mother. Have you any further trade with us? My lord, you once did love us. And do still. Good, my lord, what is the cause of your distemper? You do surely bar the door upon your own liberty if you deny your griefs to your friend. Sir, I lack advancement. How can that be when you have the voice of the king himself for your succession in Denmark? Aye, but while the grass grows, the proverb is something musty. Leave me, all of you. now the very witching time of night, when churchyards yawn and hell itself breathes out contagion to the world. It's off now to my mother. I will speak daggers to her, but use none. In a side room in the castle, Claudius meets with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. 
and prepares to send them to England. Then, in a rare, unguarded moment, thinking himself to be alone, but overheard by a concealed Hamlet, Claudius confesses his innermost thoughts. I like him not, no, more stands it safe with us to let his madness range. Therefore, prepare you. I your commission will forthwith dispatch, and he to England shall along with you. We will haste us. By your leave, sire. Oh, my offense is rank. It smells to heaven. It hath the primal eldest curse upon it. A brother's murder. Forgive me, my foul murder. That cannot be, since I am still possessed of those effects which, which I did the murder. My crown, mine own ambition, and my queen. May one be pardoned and retain the offense. Oh, wretched state. Oh, bosom black as death. Oh, lime soul that's struggling to be free art more engaged. Oh, angels, uh, make a say. Bow stubborn knees and heart with strings of steel. Be soft as sinews of a newborn baby. All may be well. Now might I do it, Pat. Now he is praying. And now I'll do it. And so he goes to heaven. And so I am revenged. That would be scanned. A villain kills my father, and for that I, his sole son, do this same villain send to heaven. To take him in the purging of his soul when he is fit and seasoned for his passage? No. Up, sword, and know thou a more horrid hent. When he is drunk asleep, or in his rage, or in the incestuous pleasure of his bed, then trip him, that his heels may kick at heaven, and that his soul may be as damned and black as hell whereto it goes. My mother stays. This physic but prolongs thy sickly days. My words fly up, my thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. We find Gertrude in her private chamber, as Polonius arranges to hide and overhear her conversation with Hamlet. Hamlet will come straight away. Look, you lay home to him. Tell him his pranks have been too broad to bear with, and that your grace hath screened and stood between much heat in him. I'll silence me even here. Pray you be round with him. I'll warrant you. Fear me not. Withdraw. I hear him coming. Now, mother, what's the matter? Hamlet, thou hast thy father much offended. Mother, you have my father much offended. Come, come. You answer with an idle tongue. Go, go. You question with a wicked tongue. Why, how now, Hamlet? What's the matter now? Have you forgot me? No. You are the queen, your husband's brother's wife, and, would it were not so, you are my mother. Nay, then I'll set those to you that can speak. Come, come, and sit 
you down. You shall not budge. What wilt thou do? Thou wilt not... Help, ho! What? What ho? Help! How now? A rat? Dead for a ducket! Dead! What hast thou done? Nay, I know not. Oh, what a rash and bloody deed is this. A bloody deed? Almost as bad, good mother, as kill a king and marry with his brother. As kill a king? Aye, lady, it was my word. Polonius. No. Thou wretched, rash, intruding fool. Farewell. What have I done that thou darest wag thy tongue in noise so rude against me? Such an act that blurs the grace and blush of modesty, calls virtue hypocrite, takes off the rose from the fair forehead of an innocent love and sets a blister there, makes marriage vows as false as Dicer's odes. Look here, upon this picture, and on this, the counterfeit presentment of two brothers. This was your husband. Look you now what follows. Here is your husband, like a mildewed ear blasting his wholesome brother. You cannot call it love, for at your age the heyday in the blood is tame. Oh, shame, where is thy blush? Oh, speak to me no more. These words like daggers enter in mine ears. No more, sweet Hamlet. A murderer and a villain, a king of shreds and patches! What would your gracious figure? To whom do you speak this? Do you see nothing there? Nothing at all. Yet all that is I see. Why, look you there. Look how it steals away. My father, in his habit as he lived. This is the very coinage of your brain. This bodiless creation. Ecstasy is very cunning in. Ecstasy? My pulse as yours doth temperately keep time and make as healthful music. It is not madness I have uttered. Bring me to the test, and I the matter will reword with which madness would gamble from. Mother, for the love of grace, lay not that flattering unction to your soul that not your trespass but my madness speaks. Oh, Hamlet, thou hast cleft my heart in twain. Oh, throw away the worser part of it and live the purer with the other half. Good night. But... Go not to my uncle's bed. Assume a virtue, if you have it not. I must to England, you know that. Alack, I had forgot. Tis so concluded on. There's letters sealed, and my two schoolfellows, whom I trust as I will adders fanged, they bear the mandate. They must sweep my way and marshal me to knavery. I'll let it work. Mother... Good night. Indeed, this counsellor Polonius is now most still, most secret, and most grave. Who was in life a foolish, prating knave. Come, sir, <clears throat> to draw towards an end with you. Good night, mother. Claudius, mine own lord, 
What have I seen tonight? What, Gertrude? Uh, how does Hamlet? Mad as the sea and wind when both contend which is the mightier. Alas, how shall this bloody deed be answered? Uh, where is he gone? To draw apart the body he has killed. We will ship him then, hence. And his vile deed, we must, with all our majesty and skill, both countenance and excuse. Oh, come away. My soul is full of discord and dismay. Hamlet has been sent away from Denmark. Time passes. Claudius and Gertrude are still uneasy about the murder of Polonius which has driven Ophelia into a grief-stricken madness. They do what they can to comfort her while still concealing the truth of all that has happened. Horatio watches events unfold. Where is the beauteous majesty of Denmark? How now, Ophelia? Say you, nay, pray you, Mark. He is dead and gone, lady, he is dead and gone. At his head, a grass-green turf. At his heel, a stone. Oh, oh. How do you, pretty lady? Well, God, did you? They say the owl is the baker's daughter. Lord, we know what we are, but know not what we may be. God be at your table. Gertrude, how long has Ophelia been thus? I hope all will be well. We must be patient. I got shoes but weep to think they would lay him in the cold ground my brother shall know of it and so i thank you for your good counsel come my coach good night ladies good night sweet ladies good night good night follow her closer ratio give her good watch i pray you i shall do sire Oh, this is the poison of deep grief. It springs all from her father's death. Oh, vile, vile king, give me my father. Calmly, good laities. That drop of blood that's calm proclaims me bastard. Christ cuckold to my father. Brands the harlot, even here between the chaste, unsmirched brows of my true mother. Where is my father? Dead. Uh, but, but not by Claudius. Let him demand his bill. How come he did? I am guiltless of your father's death and am most sensibly in grief for it. <laughs> How now? What noise is this? They bore him their face on the briar. Hey, non, nonny, nonny, hey, nonny, and in his grave rains many a tear. Fare you well, my dove. This nothing's more than matter. There's Rosemary. That's for remembrance. Pray you, love, remember. And there's pansies. That's for thoughts. A document is madness. Thoughts and remembrance fitted. There's fennel for you and columbines. There's room for you and here's some for me. We may call it the of grace or Sundays. Oh, you must wear your rue with a difference. There's a daisy. I would give you some violets, but they withered all when my father died. They say you made a good end. For Bonnie, sweet Robin is all my joy. Thoughts and afflictions, passions, hell itself. She turns to favor and to prettiness. Do you see this? Oh, 
God. There it is. I must commune with your grief. And where the offense is, let the great axe fall. Now must your conscience my acquittal seal, and you must put me in your heart for a friend. Sir, you have heard, and with a knowing ear, that he which hath your noble father slain pursued my life. Well, appears. But tell me, why you proceeded not against these feats so criminal and capital in nature? Oh, for two special reasons. The queen, his mother, lives almost by his looks, and she is so conjunctive to my life and soul that as the star moves, not but in his sphere, I could not buy her. The other motive, why uh, to a public court I may not go, is the great love the general gender bear him. So I have a normal father lost, a sister driven into desperate terms, but my revenge will come. Break not your sleeps for that. You must not think that we are made of stuff so flat and dull that we can let our beard be shook with danger and think it past time. I love your father, and we love ourselves. How now, Horatio? Letters, my lord, from Hamlet. These to your majesty, this to the queen. From Hamlet? Who brought them? Sailors, my lord, they say. I saw them not. They were given me by Osric, who received them that bought them. There it is. You shall hear them. High and mighty, you shall know I am set naked on your kingdom. Tomorrow I shall beg leave to see your kingly eyes, when I shall first, asking your pardon thereunto, recount the occasion of my sudden and more strange return. Hamlet. What should this mean? Are all the rest come back? Or is it some abuse and no such thing? Horatio, leave us. Aye, my lord. Know you the hand? Tis Hamlet's hand. Character. Let him come. It warms my, the very sickness in my heart. I shall live and tell him to his teeth. Thus didst thou. Will you be ruled by me? Aye, my lord. But you will not overrule me to a peace. To thine own peace. Hamlet be now returned, and I will work him to an exploit now ripe in my device, under the which he shall not choose but fall. And for his death no wind to blame shall breathe, but even his mother shall uncharge the practice and call it accident. I have such a masterly report for art and exercise in your defense. And for your rapier, most especial. Was your father dear to you? 
Or are you like the painting of a sorrow, a face without a heart? Oh, I ask you this. Not that I think you did not love your father. But Hamlet comes back. What would you undertake to show yourself indeed your father's son more than in words? Cut his throat in the church. Oh, no place that indeed should murder sanctuaries. Revenge should have no bounds. Hamlet returns shall know you are come home. We'll put on those shall praise your excellence and wager on your heads Hamlet, being remiss, most generous, and free from all contriving, will not pursue the foils so that with ease or, or with a little shuffling you may choose a sword unbated and in a pass of practice requite him for your father. I will do it. And for that purpose, I'll anoint my sword. I bought an unction of a mountbank. I'll touch my point with his contagion. That if I gore him slightly, it may be death. Let's further think of this. Weigh what convenience both of time and means may fit us to our shape. If this should fail, this project... Uh, should have a back or a second that, that might hold. If this did blast in proof, I have it. When in your motion you are hot and dry and make your bouts more violent to that end and that he calls for drink, I have preferred him, a chalice for the nonce. Whereupon, but sipping, it, if he by chance escape your venom struck, our purpose may hold her there. But stay, what noise? Oh, how sweet queen. One word of tread upon another's heel, so far they follow. Your, your sister's drowned, Laertes. Drowned? Where? There is a willow grows askant the brook that shows his hoar leaves in the glassy stream. Therewith fantastic garlands did she make of crow flowers, nettles, daisies, and long purples that liberal shepherds give a grosser name. But our cold maids do dead men's fingers call them. There, on the pendant boughs, her crown it weeds clambering to hang, an envious sliver broke when down her weedy trophies and herself fell in the weeping brook. Her clothes spread wide, and mermaid-like a while they, they bore her up, which time she chanted snatches of old tunes as one incapable of her own distress, or like a creature native and endued unto that element. But long it could not be till that her garments, heavy with their drink, pulled the poor wretch from her melodious lay to muddy death. Having read Hamlet's letter, Horatio has gone to the nearby graveyard late at night to meet with Hamlet in secret. 
We join them as Hamlet is recounting the story of his journey by sea. Up from my cabin, my sea gown scarfed about me, in the dark groped I to find out them, had my desire, fingered their packet, and in fine withdrew to mine own room again, making so bold my fears, forgetting manners, to unseal their grand commission, where I found Horatio, O royal knavery, an exact command, no, not to stay the grinding of the axe, my head should be struck off. Is it possible? Here's the commission. Read it at more leisure. But wilt thou hear now how I did proceed? I beseech you. I sat me down, devised a new commission, wrote it fair. An earnest conjuration from the king, as England was his faithful tributary, that, on the view and knowing of these contents, without debatement further, more or less, he should those bearers put to sudden death. How was this sealed? I had my father's signet in my verse, which was the model of that Danish seal. Folded the writ up in the form of the other, subscribed it, gave it the impression, placed it safely, the changeling never known. So Guildenstern and Rosencrantz go to it? Why, man, they did make love to this employment. They're not near my conscience. Their defeat does by their own insinuation grow. Why, what a king is this? Does it not think these stand me now upon? He that hath killed my king and whored my mother, popped in between the election and my hopes, thrown out his ankle for my proper life, and with such cousinage, is it not perfect conscience to quit him with this arm? And is it not to be damned to let this canker of our nature come in further evil? It must be shortly known to him from England what is the issue of the business there. It will be short. The interim is mine. And a man's life no more than to say, one. That skull had a tongue in it and could sing once. Aye, my lord. There's another. Why may not that be the skull of a lawyer? Where be his quiddities now, his quillets, his cases, his tenures and his tricks? Why does he suffer this rude knave now to knock him about the sconce with a dirty shovel? This same skull was Yorick's skull, my father's jester. This? Let me see. Alas, poor Yorick. I knew him, Horatio fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. <laughs> he hath borne me on his back a thousand times. And now how abhorred in my imagination it is. Here, on those lips that I have kissed, I know not how oft. Where be your jibes now? Your gambles, your songs, your flashes of merriment that will want to set the table on a roar. Not one now to mock your own grinning? But soft, soft a while, here comes the king. Couch me a while and mark. The obsequies have been as far enlarged as we have warranted. The death was doubtful, and with that great command all sways the order. She should in ground unsanctified have lodged to the last trumpet. For charitable prayers 
shards, flints and pebbles should have been thrown on her. Yet here she's allowed her virgin crowns, her made instruments, and the bringing home of bell and burials. Must there be no more to be done? She was my sister. No more be done. We should profane the service of the dead to sing a requiem and such rest to her as to peace parted souls. Lay her in the earth, and from her fair and unpolluted flesh may violet spring. I tell thee, churlish priest, a ministering angel shall my sister be, and thou liest howling. Sweet to the sweet, farewell. I hope thou shouldst have been my Hamlet's wife. Oh, treble woe, four ten times double on that cursed head, whose wicked deed thy most ingenious sense deprived thee of. Hold of the earth a while, till I have caught her once more in mine arms. What is he whose grief bears such an emphasis, whose phrase of sorrow conjures the wandering stars and makes them stand like wonder-wounded hearers? This is I, Hamlet, the Dane. The devil take thy soul. Could my lord Hamlet be quiet? I loved Ophelia. Forty thousand brothers could not with all their quantity of love make up the sum. I can be here no longer. I pray thee, good Horatio, wait upon him. I will, sire. There it is. Strengthen your patience in our last night's speech. We'll put the matter to the present push. This grave shall have a living monument. An hour of quiet shortly shall we see. Until then, in patience, our proceeding be. Having run from the graveyard, we now find Hamlet, mired in grief and contemplating his personal philosophy. Feeling connived and schemed against, and convinced that his father was murdered by his uncle, Hamlet questions his choices so far, and considers actions which might lead to his damnation. To be, or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to tis a consummation devoutly to be wished to die A chance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time? The presser's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, and the spurns, the patient merit of unworthy 
takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bear bodkin. Who would father's bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country, from whose bourn no traveller returns, puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus conscience does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with a pale cast of thought, and enterprises of great pitch and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. My good Horatio. My good lord, it must surely be known to Claudius from England what is the issue of the business there. It will be short. The interim is mine. And a man's life no more than to say one. Peace. Who comes here? Your lordship is welcome back to Denmark. I humbly thank you, Osric. Sweet lord, if your lordship were at leisure, I should impart a thing to you from his majesty Claudius. I will receive it, sir. My lord, his majesty bade me signify to you that he has laid a great wager on your head. What imports the nomination of this gentleman? Of Laertes? You are not ignorant of what excellent Laertes is. What's his weapon? Rapier and dagger. That's two of his weapons, but well. The king, sir, hath laid, sir, that in a dozen passes between yourself and him he shall not exceed you three hits. How if I answer no? My lord, the king and queen are coming down. You will lose this wager, my lord Hamlet. I do not think so. I shall win at the odds. Nay, good my lord. <laughs> it is but foolery. If your mind is like anything, obey it. I will forestall their repair hither and say you are not fit. Come, Hamlet. Come and take Laertes' hand from me. Give me your pardon, Laertes. I have done you wrong. But pardon, you must needs have heard how I am punished with a sore distraction. What I have done, that might your nature, honour, and exception roughly awake, I here proclaim, was madness. I am satisfied in nature, but in terms of honour, I stand aloof. Give us the foils. Come on. Come. One for me. I'll be your foil, Laertes. In my ignorance, your skills shall, like a star in the darkest night, stick fiery off indeed. You mock me, sir? No, by this hand. Give them the foils, Osric. Hamlet, you know the wager. Very well, my lord. Your grace has laid the odds on the weaker side. I do not fear it. I have seen you both. Uh, but since he is bettered, we have therefore odds. This is too heavy. Let me see another. This likes me well. Set me the stoops of wine upon that table. The king shall drink to Hamlet's better breath. And you, the judge, bear a wary eye. Come on, sir. Come, my lord. One. No. Judgment. A hit, a very palpable hit. Well, 
again. Stay, give me drink. Hamlet, this pearl is thine. Here's to thy health, and give him the cup. I'll play this bout first. Set it by a while. Come! Another hit. What say you? A touch, a touch. I do confess it. Our son will win. He's scant of breath. Here, Hamlet, take my napkin. Rub thy brows. The queen carouses to thy fortune, Hamlet. Uh, Gertrude, do not drink. I will, my lord. I pray you, pardon me. It is the poisoned cup. It is too late. My lord, I'll, I'll hit him now. I, I do not think it. Come, for the third, Laertes. You do but dally. I pray you, pass with your best violence. I'm afraid you make a wanton of me. Say so. Come on. Nothing, neither way. Have it you now. Nay, come again. Look, to the queen there, ho. They bleed on both sides. How is it, my lord? How is it, Laertes? Why, I'm justly killed with my own treachery. How does the queen? She swoons to see them bleed. No, no, the drink. Oh, my dear Hamlet, the drink. I, I am, I am poisoned. Uh, oh. Oh, villainy! Oh, let the door be locked! Treachery! Seek it out! It's here, Hamlet. Hamlet, thou art slain. No medicine in the world can do thee good. Indeed, there is not half an hour's life. The treacherous instrument is in thy hand, unbatened and unvenomed. The foul practice hath turned itself on me. Lo, here I lie, never to rise again. Mother's poisoned. I can no more. The king, the, the king's to blame. The point envenomed too. Envenom to thy work. Treason! Treason! Osric, defend me! I am but hurt. Here, thou incestuous, murderous, damned Dane! Drink. Is thy union here? Follow my mother. He is justly served. This is a poison tempered by himself. Exchange forgiveness with me, noble Hamlet. Mine and my father's death come not upon thee, nor thine on me. Dead Horatio. Wretched queen, adieu. Had I but time, as this foul sergeant death is strict in his arrest. Oh, I could tell you. But let it be. Horatio, I am dead. Now, livest. Report me and my cause aright. 
potent poison quite o'cross my spirit. So tell with the occurrence, more or less. The rest is silence. Now cracks a noble heart. Good night, sweet prince, and flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. And so we bid farewell to Horatio, the only living witness to the tragic events that have befallen the inhabitants of Elsinore. Hamlet's tale will be told throughout history, and this noble prince of Denmark will live on in infamy. Good night. Sherry's Playhouse. Good night and Happy New Year.